I'd like to welcome everybody to an episode of Meta Gorillas and Butterflies podcast. A new podcast about the people who feel connected with the group of the Gorillas and Butterflies, no matter if it's athletes, team members or supporters. Gorillas and Butterflies is a sport club founded by former pro triathlet Matthias Fesel, and as you can imagine, the main focus here is triathlon. But today I'm happy here with Milos, who will tell uh, us soon a little bit more about himself, who he is and since uh, when he's part of the group. So Milos, can you tell us where you're from? Hello, <laughs> Lucas. I'm happy to be on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm coming from uh, Serbia and I live in Berlin since six and a half years ago. And uh, I'm a part of the group since September 2021. So, yeah, it's been more than a year now. And um, yeah, I'm doing triathlon, all three disciplines. Yeah. Uh, I'm 35, and yeah, I don't know what else should I say about myself. Oh, that, that, uh, that's, that's okay. great. All other things will come with the the questions uh, because we have uh, quite a lot of uh, fun stuff regarding your sports and personal life. Uh, let's start with some personal questions. Uh, what you do for yeah. a living and how you actually got into the group? Yeah, I'm a software engineer and. I'm currently in a role of engineering manager. And yeah, how I got to the group. So basically I I always wanted to do an Ironman at some point in my life, right? So it was like a, it has been a wish of mine. And then, yeah, I guess I watched too many YouTube videos in 2020 or 2021. And then, yeah, I got inspired that, yeah, if, I am, if I'm gonna do Ironman one day, I, I need to, learn how to swim right first and then basically i googled for some triathlon groups found gorillas and yeah i think they were the only group that uh, the website was in english and since i don't speak that good german it was like okay let me give it a try i messaged uh, matthias he replied back immediately i went to the first training to the pool and yeah after a couple of test trainings i was uh, yeah uh, i was in the group so that's how it started nice you said that you are a software engineer do you think triathlon is a very technical sport and you can benefit from your job <laughs> i mean uh that's a good question yeah i don't know i don't think so yeah i don't find that many similarities i mean let's say i find more similarities now that i'm doing this engineering manager um, role because yeah it's a lot about perseverance and then being patient with people and understanding a lot of things so I guess that patience is important when it comes to triathlon as well I don't know maybe managing your time or managing your nutrition during the race or things like that but yeah I cannot really find that many connections between software engineering and triathlon to be honest okay you said that you were looking a lot of YouTube videos so what was the first connection why you heard the first time about the term Iron Man Uh, yeah, I don't know. I cannot remember the first time I heard about Iron Man, but I think I I started watching Lionel Sanders occasionally, like a couple of years ago, but I was never following his videos closely. And then I started following a bit more, I think, during pandemic, and there was one specific race in, I think it was in St. George, Utah, and then when he raced Sam Long, and then the last 5K, they were basically running together, and 
this was one of the videos that I got hooked to his YouTube channel. Then I went and watched a bit more of the videos. Then, uh, yeah, I found this, uh, his series, uh, Stop Sucking at Swimming, where he was telling basically that, yeah, if you are in your 20s or 30s, it's already too late for you. You know, the people who start much earlier, they have uh, advantage with swimming. And that was basically the, the trigger point for me. I was like, okay, I'm in my 30s. If I don't start now, it's going to be even late, you know, late, later. And then basically that's when I decided to find a group to start learning how to swim and then give it a go. Yeah, for the people who don't know what an Ironman is, it's a long distance triathlon um, and it connects the three sports, swimming, cycling and running all on one day. And on the long distance, you have to swim 3.8 kilometers, cycle for 180, and then just run a, a simple marathon in the end, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, just that. Just the easy thing that everybody uh, do in a regular day. Yeah, and uh, I can understand that it motivates you that you want to do it also one day in your life. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about Lionel Sanders, who he is as a figure and what, what's so inspiring about him? Well, I think he's a really good YouTuber. He really knows how to talk. So basically, he really knows how to talk his thoughts, right? And it's very interesting to listen to him, right? So yeah, he always shares his journey and he's a very successful professional triathlete and Yeah, I don't know. I just um, really enjoy watching his videos. He's really motivating, of course. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, it, it feels like he's making so many mistakes that, yeah, sometimes I, I'm wondering why and how, but uh, still, I, I, I come back to his videos and yeah, I think he's yeah. still my, my favorite and I always cheer for him. I think this is what makes it so interesting, right? Because if you see just people's success, it's, it's I think, not interesting. It's like with a good movie. If you look at drama, it's more interesting with some turn points. Uh, like if you just see somebody getting a house, getting the princess, getting the king, and nothing happens. There must be some turn points. And I think this is what makes this character is super interesting and he's still fighting, right? It's like a good movie, just on another level on a YouTuber. But yeah, we would want not just talk about Lionel Sanders today, it's uh, more about you and your sport. You are a young dad since how three. long now? It's gonna be, yeah, it's more uh, three and a half months. Yeah, a bit more than three and a half months. Oh wow, it's already three months, wow. Yeah, yeah. And how you feel about it? I guess you're getting less sleep than before, but a bunch of beautiful moments and love from this little girl, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great, of course, and uh, I enjoy every day and every moment. A lot of people are asking me the same question about sleep, and to be honest, I sleep as much as before. So it's the baby's quite good. She sleeps through the night, so I don't really have to get up at all. Uh, she just wakes up once or twice to eat, I cannot do much there. Uh, she needs mommy for that. And she's a very good sleeper. So from that perspective, nothing much has changed. But yeah, during the day, uh, it requires a lot from you. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit challenging and hard to put baby to sleep or to, you know, work the whole day, train a bit and then spend all other time with baby. It definitely <laughs> makes you more exhausting. So yeah. That's the difference. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm not a dad, but our neighbors from above had a kid And she's not that young, but she doesn't let us sleep like every second night. So I'm always thinking, 
how in the world I can figure it out as soon as I will be a father. But let's see. I hope that I will have such big luck as you have. So <laughs> is the okay. structural change already happening or can you follow still your classic training plan? Uh, it has been a bit hard um, in the last uh, month or two with uh, swimming. Yeah, swimming is usually early in the morning, swimming with the group. And that means waking up at quarter before six. And yeah, if baby keeps me occupied until 11 or 12, I still prioritize sleep. So I need to be, sure. you know, fresh for work and baby the next day. And then I missed, uh, let's say, several trainings. But I could I could fit uh, biking and running. That's usually not, uh, not a problem because biking is anyway indoors these days. Yeah. And running is also not that much time consuming as swimming and so yeah true you can just yeah. put your running shoes on in between just get out of the house and exactly run yeah. morning evenings lunch breaks yeah so exactly uh, yeah when i was working i put like so many run sessions just in my lunch break people were looking strange at me uh, everybody was yeah. going for his lunch and i they saw me like staying there in my shorts and say what are you doing i say yeah I have to do my workout because I can't do it in the evening. And I said, okay, yeah. go for it. I will uh, have a nice lunch now. <laughs> I mean, these days we are mostly working remotely and uh, you know how it goes. A lot of meetings during the day and during the weekend. Sometimes there is a long, boring meeting, let's say, where I don't really have to participate that much. So yeah. you can also squeeze a biking session and attend the meeting. So another... <laughs> Another way of doing it and uh, saving some time. Yeah, or you're running with headphones on uh, in a Zoom meeting. <laughs> Have you always been into sports or when this came up? Uh, when I was younger, yeah, I was. So in my when I was in primary school and I guess a bit before that. So yeah, I, I used to play football for several years you know, in a local club and things like that. Uh, and I also trained karate for several years. So yeah, that was... Yeah, when I was young, but then once I started high school, I kind of stopped. I mm -hmm. I think I wanted to focus on, let's say, education. So I thought I'm not going to have time for sports. And then, yeah, I was focused on school. And then in the free time, usually, you know, partying and hanging out with friends. And that continued through college. So I haven't done much sports through high school and, and college. Almost not at all. Just occasional football game or occasional basketball game. But that was, uh, yeah, a rare occasion, let's say. So w when you start to do it, was triathlon the, the beginning or did you <laughs> run before a little bit or did some other sports? During my last year or one before last year at college, uh, yeah, one of my friends uh, asked me to run half marathon in, uh, in Belgrade. And then I wasn't sure could I do it or not because yeah, I, I, I wasn't fit at all. And then one of my friends challenged me he said that i cannot do it and then we kind of made a bet so i had about two months to prepare so i yeah i ran a bit and i trained a bit as <laughs> as much as i could and as much as i knew back then so yeah basically i ran that half marathon and i kind of liked running so i continued continued to run after that occasionally like not structured no plan or program just when i feel like and when i have time tell so me a little bit about uh, this belgrad uh, half marathon how was it? Ah, it was really good. I remember I, I struggled at kilometer 11 and 13 because I started too fast. I didn't know nothing about racing back then. So I was 
too excited, a lot of adrenaline at the beginning, a uh, lot of fans cheering and things like that. So I started too fast and then I realized that at 11 and 13 I was really struggling. Maybe I even blew up a bit and then I slowed down and I mean, I finished, of course, I was really proud of myself, but it was... Uh, <laughs> Do you remember your time from back then? Yeah, 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 it was, of course, it was uh, 151. So the goal was sub two and it was yeah. 151. Oh, it's uh, much faster than your goal. And uh, how is the course in Belgrade? Is it a nice race or? Yeah, it's quite good. It's uh, mostly flat and just a bit hilly near the end, which is yeah, not really good for the for a beginner runner. But yeah, uh, yeah it's good. It, it goes through the whole city. It's only one, uh, one loop. The city is quite big and... Uh, Yeah, I think it's really nice, and also the audience and so you will, would recommend things. it to the listeners for a nice race. If somebody yeah, wants to I, visit the, the I, city and there is the race on the weekend, you can yeah, combine yeah. it, right? It's quite similar, like Berlin. So it's basically a city tour, and you go through the all main attractions, but you also go through some parts that are like further from city center. I have never done a, f a marathon in Belgrade, but yeah, I think it's uh, similar. So I would recommend both. Yeah, nice. This being the first year of you racing a triathlon, so what has been on your schedule when we talk about races this year? I had the Olympic distance in Berlin. It was my first ever triathlon. And then I had Ironman 17.3 in first in Dresden. That one was cancelled. Then I just moved the application to Erkna. So... I think those two were my big races for the year. And I also did Adidas Runners City Night 10K. And I think those are the only races I did this year, yeah. So how so. how different were the two triathlons? So what was, what was the difference between the two races? Okay. Uh, um, Olympic distance being my first ever triathlon, so I was really focused on yeah executing it properly because yeah swimming doing the transition properly and then uh i don't know biking in the in the peg because it's a draft legal so also new thing for me at least uh, on a race day so i was just trying to do things as good as possible be present in the moment pay attention to everything not to screw anything up so that was my primary goal and of course give my give my best i really like the experience so comparing to 17.3 yeah i think i had much more training before 17.3 i felt more comfortable doing transitions doing racing since i had more time to train and i felt more confident so yeah those are the main differences and i think i had yeah i improved much during these uh, several months between i believe june and september yeah and i think i had uh, much better performances in all three disciplines Yeah, and if I compare Olympic and Erkna, which is uh, it was a bit of a surprise, but yeah, it, I'm quite happy with. Yeah, for the people went. who are not from triathlon or the classic races, uh, you said that the one is a drafting race and the other is not a drafting race. Can you tell us what what the thing was drafting in in the triathlon? Ah, that's um, drafting is when you're um, riding a bicycle, and then you can be as close as possible to the rider. Uh, in front of you and then rider behind you can be as close as possible to you that means that uh, the one who is sitting behind basically has going with the same speed as the rider in front of but with much less uh, effort let's say because the riders in front of the, in front of him is blocking the 
basically blocking the air, yeah. right? So we're getting all the benefits of this, um, yeah, all the benefits of sitting behind him. Exactly, and so in, in the classic yeah. Ironman race, you have to have a minimum distance of 12 meters, right? Um, yeah. Where they say that in this kind of distance to a rider, you have no benefits anymore, right? Okay. Yeah. You are always in a good mood, no matter if it's in the morning swim or on race day, throwing optimistic messages to the members and motivate them a lot. Um, that's really cool. I like it a lot about you. Do you had any low or like dark moments while racing in Berlin or Erkner? Yeah, uh, first of all, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you perceive me as the good mood, optimistic person. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm always like that. But okay, if you say so, good. Let me see. I can analyze Erkner quickly. But uh, swim was good. I mean, relatively short, so no dark moments there. I think I also I didn't really have that many dark moments. I mean, eventually on the run, it was becoming harder and harder. So I, I kind of tried to pace myself the first two laps and then go as much as I could the last, the third lap. So, yeah, not maybe a few dark moments where it become a bit uh, really too hard on the run. But um, it's, um, they say you have the energy of a new dad. And that's kind of true because I became a father just maybe 15 days before this race. And then... Yeah. I was still really elated about this and then I was happy during the race and I was happy that I'm going to finish this and soon be home with my two girls and then I guess that's what helped me go through the rough patches of the run. Yeah, if we talk about Berlin and Olympic, I think mainly the audience helped me a lot because yeah, of course the last couple of kids were on the run really hard but uh, yeah, people were really supportive in Berlin and uh, of course our coach Matthias was there, some other people from Gorillaz. They were cheating me on every lap, so that always helps. And yeah, but that's the yeah. thing what I'm talking about, right? You don't let yourself down. You look out for like the positive things always, and and they carry you through. It's really amazing to see it, right? Some people suffering, and for sure, it's always to getting in in their own zone and racing their own race. But it's it's also great to 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 get the get the energy from the crowd or or like from the feeling to be in this moment to be able to do such a great thing like doing a yeah. multi-hour sport event to be fit and and healthy right um yeah so yeah exactly great 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 uh, from you really i i really you are like a role model sometimes for me and i'm trying to be not that uh, negative when i sometimes thinking about oh yeah, my performance could be better. And then you come from the side and say, hey, but you you had a, a strong race. It's like, well, you have a good training and it's always great. So thanks a lot, uh, Milos, for this. And what was the best moment during the Erkner race for you? Uh, uh, the best moment was being, let's say, I don't remember, it's probably three or four hundred before the finish line. Yeah. And then basically, you know, finishing my first level middle distance, it was like a big deal for me. I trained the whole year for it. The things that I said before, you know, family waiting at home. And this the three or four hundred meters before, a couple of people from our club were there. So I remember Matthias and Marco and they're all shouting. And I just like seeing them there and knowing that it's going to end in 400 meters. And, you know, it's a big achievement for me because it's my 
first middle distance and sure. everything went well and I feel good. So I clearly, clearly remember this moment and I high-fived all of them. I think Lutzi was also there from the club. Yeah, I, I high-fived them all and then I just, yeah, basically ran, ran the last 300 meters with a smile and uh, uh-huh. <laughs> went through the finish. So that's, <laughs> that's the highlight, right? Oh, this sounds great. Um, yeah, I I often just <laughs> quickly pass everything, um, uh, and I'm thinking, hey, in the end, it's just a few seconds, right? You are not, you are not in like the place to to win the race or something. You don't need the last meters. You can really enjoy getting also the last energy and everything from the crowd that are standing there for like hours, yeah. right? And not racing some like bad weather conditions, or you don't have like the fanciest food court on such a race and the people stand there for the people, right? It's amazing. No, no, but I actually, I actually raced this last couple of hundred meters because I wanted to be sub 445. So I had to squeeze every last okay. second and yeah. <laughs> How many hours you have trained in your peak week during uh, the, the preparation for the Erkna race? I remember I had a couple of peak weeks of 14 to 15 hours. Uh, not too many of them, not too many of them in a row, so, but there were several of them that were 14, 15, and yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of other weeks were shorter. I can, I, if you want me to tell you average, it's maybe around eight to 10 hours, but I had weeks where I trained four to six, and then I had a couple of them 14 to 15, and then most of them maybe eight to 10, so I believe Average would be somewhere between eight, eight and ten. Yeah. But I never actually analyzed all the data. It's just like by feeling. Okay. Do you know how many calories you took during the race? I knew back then because I planned my nutrition precisely. If you want, I can go a bit into details and try to remember what I consumed, or you want just number of calories. It's 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 more about like telling the the listeners a little bit of, of how much people getting in into such a race that takes multiple hours right it's a little bit like <laughs> yeah i remember i was uh, i was talking to a friend after and then uh, he was asking me about uh, he's not familiar with triathlon at all but yeah. he was asking me if i ate anything at all and then i explained of course uh, banana before one gel before then uh, this um, liquid uh, liquid energy in, uh, in the bottles and then a couple of gels on the run and then eventually when i calculated in my head it was something around 20 bananas right <laughs> So in terms in terms of carbs, right? Uh, roughly, roughly yeah, speaking, yeah. for the whole day. But so twenty bananas are around like two thousand calories. Okay, could be. So maybe <laughs> something. I also lost one bottle, so it's a bit less, let's say. But maybe <laughs> something between fifteen and twenty bananas. It could be. Yeah, if you say that's two thousand calories, then yeah, it's two thousand calories. Maybe a bit less. Yeah, you know, not every banana is the same. But if you're taking this kind of like my Average. fitness pal or NutriSense or whatever applications that you can put your calories and choose the banana, it always shows you hundred calories. Um, but but yeah, we all know that you don't carry twenty bananas with you. Um, <laughs> that for sure. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, food outside the sport? Hard to say. I I enjoy everything pretty much. I like yeah, the nuts. Like I'm, I like to have chicken and rice. That's fine. Sometimes burger. That's fine. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing special. I like to eat uh, kidney beans. I like to eat peas. A lot of this kind of uh, legumes, lentils as well. So I don't know. I cannot pinpoint one favorite food. I okay. don't really have it recently. Are there any traditional dishes uh, that you can recommend the listeners? This from Serbia. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, of course, like uh, meat is very popular in, in Serbia, particularly red meat, so beef and pork. So, and barbecue is really good there. So for all meat eaters, I would recommend to try Serbian barbecue. There are like several different uh, dishes, either it's uh, pork or beef or chicken. Yeah, a lot of uh, variations. Yeah, so that's that would be like uh, for meat eaters. And then let's say for non-meat eaters, I think Serbia also has a lot of good uh, cheese and variations of cheese to offer. What would a poor guy like me do who's vegan? <laughs> you who are vegan so it's a bit it's a bit tougher for you from let's say from traditional from traditional dishes yeah. but we do make um, for example for winter we make this great winter you can call it a paste or a sauce uh -huh. it's in a jar it's called ivar made from oh, paprikas yeah. and tomatoes i know it it's uh, with pepper yeah, right it's really good as, as a spread yeah it's with pepper and tomatoes and it's a little bit it, spicy exactly. but not too spicy right It could be spicy, it could be not spicy, depends yeah, yeah. how you make it. Oh yeah, but, I know. Um, nice. So it's really tasty, but yeah, unfortunately yeah. there is no protein there, so I don't know where where you're gonna get that. <laughs> yeah, legume. <laughs> le you, can, you can get legumes from from the supermarket, but when I was course, now in Montenegro, they're like even hard to find and not the cheapest, right? It's uh, it's not like here that you're getting like can of kidney beans for like few cents right uh, yeah uh, also like with with vegetables the yeah. variety was not that huge there i don't know in in belgrade if it's different but uh, yeah. yeah where i was there was like little choices in in the green world mm, could be could be yeah um have you made any plans for next year are you planning to race or is it uh, still an open book with the given situation of the baby uh it is still an open book i haven't committed to anything yeah uh, i do have a couple of ideas on my mind of course so yeah i would i would still like to do uh, some triathlons so i might do something local like Berlin again, just because mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah very easy to do and yeah. it's short distance Olympic. Uh, I would like to do at least one seventy point three. So I will see how the training goes, how the year goes. But yeah, it could be also again Erkner just because it's local race, or, or I was thinking maybe Warsaw, which is also not too far. So this is just the ideas that I have and. But yeah. Warsaw is also not that close as I thought, right? It's it's still like a long ride. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, w w few of our club have been there this year. Uh, okay. With, with, with Charlie and Faku and Hala. Uh, and I was thinking it's closer. The one that I was racing in Wolstein, the Pol Polska man, is much closer. And they also have like a mid-distance race or... Or even the Bitcoin race that I did the mid-distance, it is also closer. But uh, okay. yeah, we also have like races in Germany here. Like uh, I don't know if we have like mid-distance. Uh, th yeah, the 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 one that I did in 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 May, the uh, Neuseemann, um, mm -hmm. they have like long distance and and like mid-distance, right? Yeah. And, and it's not that far. But we have like Mügelsee or or Kalinchen. So around Berlin, oh, there yeah, are many Kalinchen, yeah. many smaller races that some of our people also race, and yeah, um, that are quite interesting. And I think that you can get in 
with a quick decision in the last moment as well, right? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna do that probably with a late, late uh, decision. Yeah. Are you into series or movies? Uh, yeah, yeah. What's I like to watch series and movies. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Yeah, I think for a long time it it used to be. Uh, I always get like two or three top ones. So I like um, Goodfellas. Oh yeah. It's from. Uh, Martin Scorsese, you probably know it. Yeah, sure. I I I, yeah. w I watched all the crime movies from, no matter if Scorsese or all other. I was uh, in this Italian classic uh, crime yeah, movies uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, a great also, director. I also a lot of them. Yeah, they're they're great. Okay, and. Um, you told us already that you started triathlon while following the um, the sport on YouTube and some media. Um, is there like more sports that you follow, like, or is it basically triathlon? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mostly follow triathlon. Um, I also watch uh, Formula One more or less regularly when I have time. If I don't have time, then I watch recaps. So I, I have been following this for the last couple. Oh, years. Really. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich That's is one. Rich is very, very into it. He's a, like an aerospace engineer and is quite into aerodynamics. Yeah. And the sport interests him a lot. So he loves ah. uh, he loves Formula One and uh, getting like all the little details about it. And yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's become really popular since uh, this Netflix series, Drive to Survive, right? So I used to watch it when I was young, when in yeah. the era of Michael Schumacher, right? Then I stopped for several years, and then my friend reintroduced me a couple of years ago, and then he told me to watch the series and everything. So I started again since two or three years ago, and yeah, now I I follow it. Yeah, yeah there are also like really a lot of good good um, movies about like Senna and all the classic Formula One drivers, right? But yeah, yeah, I was watching it also in this time of Michael Schumacher and Mika Häkkinen and yeah, yeah. Yeah. This time I remember. Uh, at some point I stopped. <laughs> um, okay. Are you getting your um, trainings via Training Speaks? Yes, all the trainings are in Training Speaks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I I know that you're also on Strava. Um, it it for many people who are from like cycling or like also triathletes it's it's the um, let's say main social media right so people hang around yeah. on strava more than on instagram how often are you on strava ah uh, yeah that's a good question so i guess uh, the more i train then the more i am on strava because i kind of get more into the training and i like to see what at least people from the club are doing just for the sake of you know, curiosity and uh, what's going on. I also follow a couple of pros. Uh, but then I find that when I don't train that much, for example, time off or I'm injured or something, then I don't open it at all. Yeah. I just don't know, don't want to know, of course. It can but be depressing, for, right? <laughs> to see yeah. people doing like 15 hours a week and you... Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, lately, lately not so much because uh, I I don't really have much time. So if I squeeze some time for the training, it's training, and I don't really have time to scroll on Strava. I don't really care that much, to be honest. Just because lack of time and yeah, sure. focus on the kid and some other things in the house. So, are you curious about your 
year in a review from Strava? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I guess more or less. I mean, it's interesting to see the numbers, but I already know that I trained more than last one and I know that I swam more than last one. So, yeah, yeah I don't really care about the exact comparison. So it's not going to matter much hours of training or kilometers you know, ran. I don't really care that much, but yeah, it's more like for fun. I just like to see, okay, this is what happened this year. I take a look at it, what, 10 minutes, 15, and that's it. I don't really analyze it that much. Do you put in some kind of journal uh, there or somewhere else of your trainings where you're writing down details, how you felt? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, not at all. So I don't keep any kind of journal. It's just like, it's there for the record. I don't even look at it that often maybe at some specific races if i want to see which numbers i did or maybe specific sessions but not very often yeah, and yeah. i have no journal i just rely uh, on my memory and yeah that's that's pretty much it i know it's not the best way to <laughs> to rely on things but for the sake of training yeah i don't really i think there are so many sessions right if we if you're training let's say this 15 hours or 10 to 15 hours a week right so it's around like 520 hours till 700 uh, a year right so if you yeah. would put like 20 minutes of journaling every time there who should read it but i was watching few documentaries uh, or, or like shorter videos as well from kipchoge or Jeanette, the, the famous ultra runner they keeping journals about everything right they this guy who, who <laughs> win the ultra uh, mont blanc he's he's writing several pages uh, down and it's not just about his speed or his his shoes because Kipchoge is keeping track of this like what yeah. what how the shoes felt how he felt he's also like writing down what beautiful things he saw and with who he was training because he said in the end it's about like memories and it's like so nice if you're looking afterwards and you read it like how the weather was and you was with some person there and had a feeling it's I think it's quite quite nice, but uh, I never I never managed to journal like normally. Like I always liked if I saw like people writing a diary or something because I thought, oh, that is very nice. But I'm not able to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Killian and Elliot. They are both professionals, right? So yeah, I yeah. would say they definitely have more time for this. So it's it's normal. But I mean, I do analyze my sessions, let's say when I'm back, once I'm back, so I know how the, the shoes felt or how my leg felt or, you know, breathing. And so I kind of spend some time, let's say, contemplating this or, yeah. you know, in, in past time, but I don't really write. Yeah, but it's very hard after so many sessions to have a look back. So maybe there are some like, key sessions and you can say, okay, this A time 1K, I remember that I pushed the first one and then I got slower and you see the numbers, right? But yeah, yeah. in the end, if I'm running for, I don't know, like more than eight years or something and when I try to get some data out from earlier when I don't had my Garmin watch or even before my Apple watch that I had before, I have like no real data. I use sometimes the Adios running app where I just try to track it but 
there was not real GPS data, and there are like some weird paces, like with average of one minute thirty for some <laughs> things, right? And you can't really check or compare the files, right? And you don't remember after like after like many runs, you don't remember what kind of run was it. Like you, you even yeah. see may, maybe like the key races, and I didn't run a lot like there was like one half marathon a year and maybe one 10k race right so yeah, yeah, yeah. Th these people racing like doing around like 40 to 50 races a year it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's running so many kilometers because of this ultras like yeah, yeah. for sure it's something different and but yeah uh, as you said it's their job and it's also um but i also think it's it's hard right because they have like three sessions a day and in between they have to eat and focus on their stuff and then still they manage to, yeah. to write it down and uh, think about this stuff super interesting i remember that you had some problems with running at the beginning of the year what happened and how you cured it Ah uh, yeah, I had uh, I had problems in my Achilles. I think it was uh, tendonitis. So basically, I ran a marathon last year in September, and then I think this is the consequence of running this marathon. So basically, I was kind of having this injury some days, but I felt good some days. So it was like this for several months, and then at, yeah, at some point it became uh, obviously worse, and then I had to actually stop. So yeah, I, I stopped training. I took some time off, like a week or two of uh, no running at all only swimming and cycling because there was no pain during these activities yeah. so that was really good and uh, yeah I also did um, I think six uh, therapy sessions mm -hmm. and uh, that helped a lot and I think I was supposed to do a bit longer but then unfortunately I got uh, COVID and then I had to go on vacation then I stopped doing, doing those therapies but yeah eventually the leg the leg became uh, much better and I also started doing uh, a bit more strength at home, at least uh, calf raises every second day, which I believe helped. I'm not sure, but it feels like it helped. I am sure. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it eventually, eventually it uh, it became much, much better. It was, at some point, it was 100% healthy. At some point, it was maybe 80 or 90, but yeah, uh, yeah it didn't actually bother me during the second part of the season or second part of the year so all good yeah as you know i have the athletic code certificate and i'm a, like a big supporter of strength and resistance training um, yeah so yeah i'm sure this helps a lot and prevent from injuries are you at the moment doing some kind of resistance training or or strength uh, workouts next to the triathlon stuff yeah i do have more time now because i'm not training that much let's say swimming biking running and since i'm working from home i have time to squeeze some workouts so yeah i do a bit of core routine mm -hmm. a bit of sit-ups and uh, squats so let's say two or three times per week 15 20 minutes or yeah, right. half an hour per day so that's not bad and i also do um, I don't know if you know the skill yoga. Yeah, sure. It's, um, okay, so you know, it's basically they combine mobility, flexibility and strength. So one half an hour session is kind of addresses uh, all three of them. So I do this once or twice a week and I think that really helps. Both the mobility part and strength that they, that they have there. So that, yeah, yeah. I, at least it, I feel better, better in my body. I'm not sure, but I hope it also helps with the <laughs> swim by front training. Yeah, it also depends when you do it and, and uh, what you do, right? But for sure, mobility training can help before and after uh, sessions and also yeah. depending on when you put the, the resistance training in. 
but both things are quite important and shouldn't be left behind. So that's also a good thing that we have Marie who is doing the, the yoga things for, for us. I had no chance to join because um, I was gone and then I was uh, injured and preparing for the marathon and always had something in my plan. But it's very good to have more than just uh, the classic triathlon training, right? Yeah, If you have to decide to replace a discipline from triathlon with another sport, no matter what, what you would do instead of which discipline? So what would you drop and what you would do? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think sport is already beautiful as it is. So I wouldn't replace anything, to be honest. Yeah, but, but there's a, like a regulation like from the state. It's just like, it's just like <laughs> a crazy question, right? You have to drop one and then you choose something else. <laughs> oh wow, you should have sent me this question in advance, so I have to think, it's very hard for me to come up everybody with something like, uh, on Everybody ah, getting but, like funny weird questions, so you should listen okay, to the mean, other in interviews as yeah, well. Yeah, I think, <laughs> let's, stay, let's stay in the water, let's do, let's do rowing before biking and, and running. Nice, this is very interesting, <laughs> really, because in Poland, where I raced the 70.3 this year, There would been something like a quadruplon or something where you had <laughs> really rowing, rowing as a fourth discipline. So nothing got skipped, but uh, there were like swim, bike, run and row. Would you ever try something like that? Yeah, I would definitely try something like that. Yeah, nice. it sounds so so crazy, but I would try it. <laughs> yeah, I I I was thinking it's very very interesting as well. But at this point, I was registered for for another race, and so I I didn't swap. But uh, I was thinking, hey, rowing is really cool. Are you planning to do solo races outside the sport, like another marathon or like maybe 5k swim that some people from us are doing? Yeah, definitely. So I even wanted um, to do marathon last year and then this injury with achilles and the covid prevented me yeah and then yeah the rest of the year was basically yeah, reserved for uh, triathlon so mm -hmm. yeah uh, so i hope to do next year at least a berlin half marathon i would like to get uh, a pb there i think uh, i'm on a good uh, good track for that one berlin half right and then yeah i also have in mind doing a marathon but honestly yeah, i don't know how the year is gonna be and uh, sure Yeah, how much time I want to have to commit to 70.3 and then doing a proper marathon because I also want to get decent time there. So yeah, I don't know. Let's. I still cannot uh, cannot say. Yeah, But it's always uh, hard. The link, the link half and maybe 10k again. Yeah, I think that's two of them. Yeah, uh, I think it's always hard to squeeze a marathon in because the volume of the running is another one. And if your race is not too late in the year the 70.3 for sure you can put like a big block in for the running as i tried to but yeah yeah it's, so it's not that easy valencia sounds valencia is a yeah, good good choice and this year yeah. it was quite easy to get late spots seba was registering with jakub quite late yeah yeah if you're thinking about like sports people who are the three greatest of all time uh, people no matter which sport that you have in mind three greatest Another tough one from you. <laughs> so, okay, I mean, let's say from the sports I follow, I, I'm gonna just say, I think Lewis Hamilton is one of the greatest. Not just because he won seven championships, I believe, yeah. but just because, yeah, the whole personality he is and how he behaves off the track and, yeah, in general, he's quite an impressive person, I would say. 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I would have to name somebody from Charlton, right? So <laughs> you can. You I don't think... need to. Hmm? You don't need to. You can say yeah, yeah. Rocky Balboa or whatever, right? <laughs> Rocky Balboa, that's not real. Okay, <laughs> okay. I guess Michael Jordan is one of them. I believe that the way he dominated in his era is definitely one of the greatest ever. And now I'm deciding. I don't know. Maybe maybe Michael Phelps would be the third one because. How much he won at Olympics is just like incredible, I believe. Yeah, yeah I know. This is just three three choices without that much thinking. That's yeah, but it's it's great. Really, okay. three amazing people. Yeah, yeah. And and it's from different sports. It's uh, interesting. Uh, if, did you follow like basketball for in this time of the Chicago Bulls with with yeah, Scottie yeah. Pippen and Rodman and so on? Rodman, Tony Kukoc. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I was following. I was. Yeah. 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 So yeah, but I remember this period, having posters on the wall and yeah, internet. same here, same here. I was uh, that's <laughs> that's also one of the reasons why I have this project where I photograph basketball courts, right? Because um, it was also a time for me that put a lot of like personality in my life because we hanging out outside with friends, uh, we're drinking, having like the first girlfriends, and there were like the and one mixtapes running this basketball movies where the street players were like doing tricks and so on um was quite interesting time and yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know the um, 30 by 30 it is from ASPN the um, the sport channel from the US they have like an video like documentary series so they always choose a director and it's uh, 30 directors and each director okay. is is having like a documentary about one sports guy. So there's one about Rodman and there's one about people from football, American football and, and so on. It's super interesting. Um, okay, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's unfortunately not on, on the streaming platforms. So uh. you have buy those or mm -hmm. um, maybe you're lucky and find some in the internet. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it. but it's it's very it's it's very nice. It's it's, it's a, like really good documentary, strong uh, made. There's one also uh, made about this guy who who brought the the basketball shoes in the industry. Who who was a, a high school coach and got um, got the offer from Nike to to push the the shoes in there right and this is how mm. it all developed and later Jordans came out and everything it's it's yeah yeah there are very yeah. interesting stories about sports but uh, yeah uh, let's talk about another personal thing how much time do you have for friends outside the sport and your family now <laughs> Well, now it's definitely shifting, right? So now I have more time for family than, than for sports <laughs> because I have a small baby. Yeah, I, I do have time, to be honest. So um, since I, I'm in Berlin, majority of my friends is still in Serbia. So in Berlin, I only have a few of them. Yeah. And uh, basically, yeah, I I see them on the... Yeah, I, I either see, the, see them on the weekend where we go like for coffee or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes we go for a run with one of them, so that's kind of like an opportunity to catch up and chat and just like, you know, easy social chit-chatting. Uh, and then, yeah, sometimes even during the week. I mean, yeah, it's um, it's not that hard because there are not so many of them, let's say, in Berlin. Sure. So I, from time to time, yeah, we see each other. So you train or um, you train or spend already like few hours with people from the crew, no matter if it's like a 
on a weekend like a longer ride or getting to the pool or on the track right and do you think personal friendships can grow there or is it more like the community um, that you're not training alone and being just surrounded by a few people that push you oh no definitely especially if you look at, uh, at our team i mean it's maybe <laughs> i don't know how it sounds because i'm advertising our group but uh, i think people there are really great and really nice right so doesn't i think it's very easy to to for friendships to grow out of a group yes of course it's a community and we all share the same interest so yeah. that's always nice to have people around but yeah i th think i already see friendships forming and totally possible and You're right. Sometimes I actually spend more time with these people than with my actual friends. If you look on a monthly basis yeah, or something yeah, sure. like that, yeah. so definitely possible. And I see it have it's happening. Yeah, yeah. And you raced this year on uh, your road bike. Uh, it's a, it's a really nice one, uh, by the way. Uh, do you yeah. thinking to getting a TT bike soon? Yeah, I had this thought. Uh, last year but you know maybe i get it next year but since this year i'm not sure how committed i'm gonna be to triathlon yeah sure. because uh, of the baby i mean i might be i might not i yeah. still don't know how it goes right so yeah it's currently on, on standby this decision so i guess i would still do it on my road bike but yeah I, the idea is to get a uh, triathlon bike eventually and do it properly do you like climbing uh, with a bike or is a flat fast course always your choice because you are from serbia and there are like i think few mountains right <laughs> yes i'm from serbia and a lot of mountains but uh, yeah i'm very new to biking right so back then in serbia i never actually biked so yeah from yeah still i prefer flat roads I think, yeah, that's uh, flat fast roads and I'm, i'm still not into the mood of being a very strong climber although i'm a light person so yeah. i guess climbing suits me but yeah i haven't done enough of them so it's still okay. not in my blood <laughs> so so you like the tempo of triathlon more than challenging courses uh, well i mean i'm glad that my first one was on the flat one so you know at least that but uh, yeah i wouldn't mind doing it on a hilly i, I like the challenge so it doesn't really matter i would do it on a hilly course mm -hmm. i'm just saying it's still not my preferred preferred choice yeah And what is the favorite place you would like to travel, no matter if, if it's a for race or just like personal? I would like to go to to Japan. I almost went in 2020, but yeah, COVID uh, stopped that journey. So yeah, that's that's been on my list for a long time. I I don't know. I think I, they have a very interesting culture, and I would really like to spend a couple of weeks and see how is life there. Yeah. So that's on my list. List number one, and I guess I would like to go to. A lot of other places, right? Like South uh, South America mm -hmm. is also on my list. A lot of interesting nature there, so that would be really cool to see, like Patagonia and uh, Chile. But um, yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, let's let's say those two, those two for now. But of course, many others. Yeah, I, I've been in in Japan, but just in in Tokyo, and uh, yeah, what was nice. Uh, yeah, I was working there a little bit. But uh, yeah, had some free time to walk a little bit through the city, and I had anyway to to walk through the city to plan photo shoots there and and prepare the shooting. But yeah, it's it's very interesting culture, and uh, the people are very very friendly. And I was in, invited uh, for for drinks and so on. Um, ah. in in a sushi But place was. I've heard they're they're quite friendly to tourists. 
Yeah. But if you actually go and live there, they're a bit uh, then colder. They're not that friendly to yeah, you as yeah. a citizen. Let's yeah, say, interesting, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I would like to find out. Yeah, now sorry, but there is another tough one. <laughs> of course, uh, yeah. Do you know the Speed Project? Uh, ah, yes, I know. I know it. It's a 340 mile race from yeah. the Santa Monica Pier to the iconic Welcome to Las Vegas sign, right? Yeah, there was this kind of Instagram post uh, to win a slot there. And you win the lottery to start in this race with your team. So now you have to decide who you would uh, take to your team. And it can be up to six people, right? It's 544 kilometers, with this 340 miles, right? And now it's for you to choose your team. <laughs> Okay, that's actually not that hard. <laughs> well, uh, I have to choose all the people from Gorillas, gorillas right? Exactly. Because you are one, <laughs> so five, five more. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want me to name names or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I choose five Gorillas because we need to be fast and we need to maybe win this thing or at least have decent time, right? Okay. So, I, I guess I choose you. Yop, Seba, uh, Jakub, he was, he's also fast, uh, that's like four, and I don't know, who would be the, the ah, I guess I could choose either Rich or Matt, any, they're all fast runners, right? Yeah. But I'm not sure if it's realistic to be, yeah, that far from feminists, but yeah, let's say Rich is the yeah. one. <laughs> um, we take all these things out of, of account, right? And um, Rich is gonna go with us, and Matt is then taking care of the kids. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, but but now it's also to to make a race strategy. Um, how you would to distribute the race? So, because one person is always running, and five are like resting. So, what would you do? How would would you plan the race? <laughs> I ask you because you have all the knowledge and all the certificates, right? So I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna do this. You're gonna do this and organize us all. Who yeah. should do what? Because you know, it's the all same. the to maxis, all the aerobic treatments, <laughs> all the things that, you know, scientific ones, right? In the end, it's up to you, right? It's a little bit like with our small internal races that we had, where we had to group up together and make our own race strategy. And yeah. now we are all dumb and stupid and it's your turn to make a little race strategy. It's interesting to hear what how you would choose and what would you tell us. So we put we put the I put the fastest people first, right? So I mean I don't know if there is a limit how much one person runs or it's just basically it's all on me to decide. It's all the team can decide by their own, right? You can say, for example, everybody runs 10k, 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 and then from beginning, or you can say yeah, yeah, yeah. that everybody is running like for 30 minutes, or let's say two are changing always, and then the next two are changing, that at least people get enough sleep, for example, that all get is their eight 
hours of sleep so some people run yeah, a bit yeah. longer so yeah it's a hard decision i know uh, because the people are planning it i think for months right they don't make the decision in a quick answer like in, like here but, okay. but it's interesting yeah. to hear like the yeah. quick idea from you yeah definitely we do like uh, let's say one person runs one hour maximum so we, we could do it early right so you always have what is that five hours until your next run so that's enough time to enough under quotes right to stretch relax a home roll sleep a bit mm -hmm. take some food or whatever so i would always give these five hours okay so everyone runs everyone runs over one hour and then i guess i probably faster people would go first whoever that is maybe yop and seba just so we gain a bit of advantage for other teams and then the ones who are following them they still feel a bit motivated that you know we are leading Mm -hmm. Of course, in my in my scenario, we are leading and maybe even winning. So then, um, yeah, that's how I would distribute. But then, I guess that's to start with, right? We could always adjust, right? Because it's, in the end, it's going to be some person. Yeah, yeah sure. I have friends who did yeah. it, right? And yeah, there were like people who who were suffering, who could not anymore, and then another had to jump in and did like double shifts and so on. It was like, it was super interesting. And um, also like some people had like very short runs. They did like just a few minutes, but very fast. Because if you want to win, you mm. you don't run for an, for an hour because it's more like intervals. So the people were changing like every few minutes to have shorter, quicker times, right? So okay. they could run always threshold level, right? And then the next one was running and they didn't build lactate, but still had enough time in between. It's, uh, it's interesting, like... Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Let's talk to Matthias that he should organize this kind of like big car, put a Gorilla's Butterflies logo on it and run the thing, man. Yeah. I really want to run to this Death Valley desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's just an amazing feeling, especially if you do it with a team because you share not just a race, you share like so many memories together and think it can bound people. Yeah. Cool. How your partner is thinking about the sport? <laughs> yes, she's fine with me doing it, of course, but she doesn't really care much about the triathlon at all. So she's not interested in races or things like that. So not not her cup of tea. And yeah, of course, she doesn't always like it, right? <laughs> Because uh, it takes my time. But I think it's fine. I mean, I try to balance it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you do a little session, then you can spend the rest of the day with the family and things like that and sometimes of course you do train a bit more and then not enough time for partner or not as much as she would like to so yeah it happens during the the year but i think yeah so far she has been okay with it she understands it's uh let's say more than a hobby but you know kind of like the i'm not sure call it a passion or maybe a lifestyle and i think um yeah she's I think I have a feeling she's fine with that most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you think she would ever join the sport? That there's a, like a turn point that she maybe join you on some kind of bike ride and think, oh, maybe this is, maybe this, uh, I try this. It's, uh, I don't know, it's hard to imagine at this point, but uh, she did swim when she was younger, so at least she knows how to swim, probably not that fast. Uh, she likes to go on a bike ride and do some bike touring through the nature mm -hmm. and now she started running to get a bit in shape after giving birth and everything yeah so she's familiar to sports but 
I'm not sure she would go that far and is it combine three of them, but never say never. Yeah, yeah. Is it already okay for her to run because of I don't know how it's in English. It's a beckenboden um, from from the hip, right? Because af yes, after uh, giving birth, it's the area is very fragile and you have to be careful with running. So you have to have to wait a little bit, right? I don't know how the. How yeah, I mean, she got the green light from the doctor. Yeah. He said, you know, it's fine. You can start okay. see how you feel, you know, and yeah, if yeah. You, nothing hurts and you feel good. Then go. But it's still like run walking, so nothing extreme, of course. Yeah, so. sure. Just, uh, just a bit of movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, I know this from, from, from like my past when I was sponsored by Adidas and was running with them. That we had also some female people who gave birth and then they had some like extra sessions for like to get back to the sport. Yeah, the, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Rugbildungsgymnastik or something. Yeah. Or maybe it's different. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. She, I think she's fine. Doctor said it's fine. So. Is there a swim drill that you don't get? So I mean that you don't understand. <laughs> Ooh, probably, but I cannot tell you now which one exactly. But I think where Nadine coaches us, sometimes yeah. she gives some drill, and then I have no idea. Then she would have to explain or show me, but cannot really say what. I don't really know what uh, which one is it. Okay, especially because she yeah. often speaks in German, right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. What's your favorite swim drill? Uh, I like fingertips, fingertip drill. So mm -hmm. that, I think this one is really good because you always swim relaxed and then hopefully the hand is entering the water in the right position. Your shoulders are not tense during transfer. So I think that that one is good. And I like single arm because, uh, yeah, my left arm is just terrible. So when I do single arm, it actually does what it should do and it looks a bit better. <laughs> yeah, so you like them because you're improving. It's not because it's the <laughs> yeah. easiest one. I like them because I'm improving, yeah. I, I hope I'm improving, but okay. yeah. So now I'm coming close to the end. And in the end, I always have something. It's, um, it's some kind of like rapid fire questions. So you're a fan of TTL? Sorry? You're a fan of that triathlon life? I don't know uh, what they what they are doing. To be honest, sorry. The, ah. uh, I have like written down like around like hundred words or like choices, right? So it's always okay. some questions like what you do like more light or dark or something, right? And you always have mm -hmm. to to answer to to the questions with one word, but you can't say both or you can't say you skip or something. So you always have to choose between the two. And yeah, I have here like randomizer where I put all the things in and uh, it just okay. choose 20 random things out of the hundreds that I put in. So everybody has different okay. questions or, or choices, right? Do I, do I have to uh, provide some explanation for my answer? Or no, just no, it's just, that's why I say rapid fire, it's just quick. So I just okay. say and then you have to answer as quick as possible and I say the next one and next one. So it's like very short decision. Let's start with okay. this man. Okay, the first one is shorts or tights? Shorts. Uh, butterfly start or run in? Running. Suffer or confidence? Confidence. Flying start or stop and go? Uh, flying start. Age group or overall result? Overall result. Classics or rock? Rock, come on. <laughs> Movies or series? Movies. Pace or feel? <laughs> Pace. <laughs> Swift or trainer road? Oh, Swift. Underestimate or overestimate? Uh, overestimate. Banana or gel? Banana. Warm up or cool down? Warm up. Bip or tri suit? <laughs> tri suit, tri suit. Trunks or speedos? Trunks. 
France. Summer or winter? Summer. Training or no training? <laughs> training, come on. <laughs> Fluid or solid? Uh, solid. Watch sports or do sports? Do. Watch sports or watch movie? Watch movie. Fat or carbs? <laughs> uh, uh, carbs. Okay, this was the last one. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it's a great initiative that you're doing this, and it's uh, yeah, uh, it was really nice, really fun, and I like the questions and. Yeah, yeah good. It made, they made me think a lot. So that, that was cool. Enjoy your uh, okay. evening and your dinner, and yeah. we will see each other hopefully soon on one of our sessions. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. Thank you, and yeah. Great. Bye bye. Bye.